0: Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover Podcast. This week, you've got me, Jerry, and Diane, and we've got a special guest, and his name is Ameka. Um, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, um, my name is Ameka. I'm literally just going to be here for the week, or for this particular episode. I'm a teacher. Um, I know quite a few nurses, so I thought I'd join in the chat, but. Probably won't say much, but yeah, enjoy the episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guys, don't listen to him, he's got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> when does he ever not? Wow. As in So you're a to move like, he's not got a lot to say. Come on. So you're a teacher, what do you teach? What year groups do you teach? What do you do?
1: Wow. Oh, so um I'm a maths teacher. Uh I teach in secondary school.
0: Hey. <laughs> that's brave. Sorry. Go um, on.
1: I, I currently teach just year 7 to year 11. So that's like key stage 3 and key stage 4. Mm-hmm. So it's good.
0: How have you found it so far?
1: Um, I think teaching the children is amazing. I think as a career and as an industry, mm-hmm. it's a bit. It's a bit, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult one for many reasons. So I feel like, yeah, it's okay, but I don't think education has caught up with the times.
0: That's fair. Mm. But before we go into that, how are you guys? How's your week been?
1: Yeah, um, I was screaming football's coming home. Like, um,
0: Sadly, it didn't. Yeah. It went to, it went to Rome.
1: Football's <laughs> coming home. <in>. It's
0: coming <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah I wanted to sing so badly but yeah England and just they did us dirty they tried though so I, I think know. it
0: like it's we've this is not like, what the first final we've got to if like anything in a very long time 55 years to be exact
1: look I'm I'm, I'm happy with the performance I just feel like there was a chance there for England but yeah next time next time around it'll be
0: good but we're still proud of the lads they did their, they came out they did what they Yay. had to do yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is the free lions they came out roaring
1: mm-hmm. hold tight the man
0: this is it definitely we go, we go, we go again we move exactly <laughs> we have what the world cup next year anyway so we'll come yeah. back in vengeance. We, we, yeah we move what, what is it we'll be about it let's just be you know, wipe our tears going up. Dan
1: do you want
0: to go first how hmm what I'm going to say is I'm counting down to my course finishing. I literally have three weeks annual leave coming up, end of this week. Oh, good. So I'll be doing nothing. And um, I say nothing, but nothing. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, like, I'm all right, you know. I can't complain. I could be a bit richer. But other than that, I'm good, you know. <laughs> I think we all could be, but, no, like, I hear you. Oh, my week's been all right, you know. I can't lie. It's been quite stressful and quite full-on, but you yeah, know, I'm just looking forward to that moment that school is over, which means school nurses can go on, well, the, the term time school nurses can go on holiday and enjoy the six weeks off. But what do the school nurses that don't work term time do? When I'm there's kidding. no
1: school?
0: No, I'm kidding. Um So they still attend, like, safeguarding meetings and things like that. Some, some of them will run clinics
1: to try mm. and catch
0: up with, like, the workloads that we haven't been able to catch up with during the term so like if they may have like a health assessment clinic where they'll call the children that haven't been able to be seen um and get them into clinic to see them and and stuff like that but it's a lot more chilled than the rest of the school year I see yeah and just prepping for what's to come so like getting training weeks ready and stuff like that I'd rather, I'd rather be you than them. No offense, but. Oh, no, 100%. I'd rather have the holidays. Mm. I can't lie, though. There's times I miss being full time, like actual full time. I miss taking holidays when I want. Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. But I can't lie. As you already know, I'm the queen of being busybody. So, mm-hmm. also taught me that every six weeks, you have to take a rest mm. and take it from there, really. I hope I hope you keep this. Anyone that knows Jerry yet, Queen of Bankshift, <laughs> I hope that she maintains this level of rest periodically because she doesn't know when to stop. Sometimes,
1: well, I'll preach.
0: And, and now, she, now she's had to stop.
1: I don't know. It's 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 quite interesting from the other side, understanding how much money is spent on education. Mm. Like, I wouldn't even know that all of those things are running in the background.
0: Mm. Like,
1: yeah, see, that, that's crazy. Yeah, like, I, is it, I, I'm questioning whether that's money well spent because
0: well in education?
1: Yeah, because I, I mean, if that's happening in the background, I'd expect our students to be a bit better.
0: Well, does that all come down to the schools?
1: So, so explain to me. So. Say so your role again? My again. role. Yeah. Um,
0: so I'm a safeguarding school nurse.
1: Right, cool. So safeguarding school nurse, is it more so for the well-being of students?
0: Yeah, and also looking out for those students who, if they have health needs um, and also safeguarding things going on, that you can support them and be an advocate for them.
1: So is it healthcare? Is it people with actual physical needs or health needs? Or is it um, safeguarding as well? Or is it both? It's both. Wow. So my actual well, an actual school nursing role
0: would do both. So it'll do the mainstream side, like health promotion and stuff like that for children aged five to nineteen. <clears throat> where like Diane's role as a health visitor would do that for not to five. Yeah. You
1: would do you not feel like your role is too dynamic.
0: Which one, school nurse or health visitor?
1: Yeah, uh, school nurse. I mean, if you're doing mm-hmm. s- safeguarding and actual health needs as, as well, that sounds like quite a lot.
0: It is, but if you don't have, but I have ten schools. If I did not have ten schools, I think it would be a lot more easier to manage. Like other boroughs, their school nursing roles are all as one. So, so
1: it's, it's just ten schools is a ridiculous amount.
0: Mm. I have like seventy to eighty kids on my caseload. So
1: the average, the average, um, safeguarding
0: school nurse, school nurse. Yes, yeah. how
1: many under caseload? How many schools?
0: Again, it's only my borough in yes. London that does it like this, and we all have ten schools each.
1: Right. Well, so, so London's under pressure, basically. Um,
0: mm. do you know what though? I think it's to do with the borough and and deprivation. Yeah, like, the borough I work for is a very poor borough. So there's a lot of money that's being pumped into it, but whether we see it or not, it's not a question. And you know, poverty, it kind of, I don't know what it's about poverty, it attracts deprivation. It's like they go hand in hand always. Yeah. So where the poor people are, the deprivation is ridiculous. And the boroughs don't have enough money to give the service that they need. Um, Was it Clarissa that was telling us that there's some some schools that don't buy into the school nursing service, so not every school even has a school nurse. And oh, so that, like, that was me, but she was saying yeah, that a don't buy into sexual health services. So no, some schools are just right. sex education. Right. They right. want to pay for it.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. That's completely understandable. I don't know for as as in okay, so like as a teacher that cares about kids' well being, mm-hmm. like I question how much we do in the schools in general. Average. As a teacher.
0: Or just all of us as professionals.
1: Because no, technically, as a teacher, it goes out of your hands. The safeguarding rules are set above you. Mm. Right. So you can see what the system is doing for education. You realize school, all schools run differently. They obviously have their options. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, to hear about your role is extra on top. So it's interesting to me how, one, there's not much communication back to us that that stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite interested in the effect size that actually has overall in the school mm, children. Hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: Um, from my own experience, I, I think it also depends on how much the children want to actually interact with you, because yeah. I've I've had some health assessments with kids, and like we can talk for hours, and then and talk about many different things that they they will then tell me about what's going on at home X Y Z, but they're happy to talk and you get some that are like yeah everything's fine I don't understand why you're here
1: so what about um, oh gosh how would I word this now um, would you say then you're t- okay obviously depending on what school you go to changes mm-hmm. it but are you able to communicate with a school in terms of what they put in place for their children or is it that you lot are just doing your role in support of that school
0: I'm just doing my role in support of that school
1: Okay, so it's quite difficult then to understand how the school's helping or is it the children will just tell the experience and you get a feel for it?
0: Yeah, but I guess it's when you go to meetings, like the safeguarding meetings and all the... So, like, you have you have the school nurses or and the health visitors, depending on how old the children are, or if there's multiple children. You'll have both in the meetings. You'll have...
1: Oh, are however, are those meetings trash? <laughs> <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I
0: don't know how to answer that. Um, Do you know what? Um, I won't describe them with that objective, you know? But okay, yeah, sorry.
2: there
0: oh. are times when you sit there, you're kind of thinking, what is going on? Yes. Um, especially if it's a chaotic family. Definitely. They need a lot of support, and you're not seeing that the plan we've made is working for them, yeah. or we're not engaging them enough.
1: Okay. Sorry, go on.
0: Yeah, it becomes almost a bit futile. You think we're meeting so regularly, we're having a core group, we're having all this stuff, and nothing's getting better for this family. And we're not utilising enough of the support around them, like the team of professionals around them. So that can be frustrating.
1: Okay, so... I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. It kind of sounds like in these meetings... It's very difficult to make everybody see that you're all working for the same cause.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. And I think it also depends on the goal you're actually trying to your the goal you're actually trying to achieve. Because mm. I find like there's certain means for us like health professionals, we may see something that other professionals don't see, and you mention it and they still don't see it. Yeah. But it can make such a big change, such a big change and difference to this family's life. Mm. And you just have to keep pushing until someone else so, can
1: agree with you. I, okay, so on average, from the both of you, give your opinions. Mm. Do you think that these, you know, the representatives you're meeting in school, are they the type of people that you feel like are making a difference to the role? Or do you feel like these are people in it and they don't, m- maybe they might not understand the true impact of that role or what it might take? or but, or even just have a big enough perspective to understand how to support these kids?
0: Um, I think it really depends. So, like, a lot of the... If, if I speak about the older children I've gone to more meetings for, mm-hmm. like, say, if it's my secondary school, mm-hmm. it's just their head of years that will come. So some of their head of years, like, will know them but not really know them in depth. So they're literally just giving you a blank overview. Whereas yeah. if you have someone who's been actively like a learning mentor or a family support worker who's been acting working with family, they can give you more insight so they can tell you like, okay, it it has been tricky Mm -hmm. but we've seen X, Y and Z change. Yes, yes. Whereas, there's other professionals that are just there literally reading off a sheet of paper like, they did Mm. this, they they did this, they've ticked this box, they've done this.
1: Also, so so then it's it's very fair to say that your industry is doing the best it can, it's just a pretty sticky time right now.
0: Yeah, but then we're also I wouldn't even just say, I wouldn't even put this down to COVID. I don't know what you think, Diane. No, it's the tough, amount, it's, it's a chronic problem. Yeah, like the amount of cases that you're getting like this mm-hmm. and that you're dealing with is huge in, comparis- in comparison to like what ideally you should mm-hmm. deal with. Because like I found out for school nurses, there's no actual um, amount of safeguarding issues a school nurse should have. Jesus. Which to me then sounds like you could have a whole school that has a whole school of safeguarding issues and you, the one person, have to deal with it. And, like, to be clear, you know, these can range from physical abuse, emotional, sexual, mental. And this could be the parent suffering from that which is directly impacting the child. It can be the child who's suffering from whatever they've got going on. And as a professional, having to engage that family, it's it's you plus all these other people in their life as well. And that's where the challenge can come in as well because if the team around the family is a lot, some parents so from my perspective, some parents don't engage. Yeah, because so there's just too many people. Too many it. people. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you sometimes get left holding, holding the buck because you're the pressure that sees the family the most. Yeah. Allowing so you more to go and do the legwork. Oh, but you see them all the time. Or you can get into the house to see them. You've got a reason to go in and visit them. where the health visitor.
1: Yeah, so, so again... sorry to butt in and then i feel like maybe the nature of i don't know so like ever since i've got into education i just feel like as a something from the public sector it can be it is quite inefficient as an industry so from for, for for the two of you coming from the side of nhs and then having to work with education um i can understand the difficulties in your role i feel like to some degree, they're not understanding the extent of how much of you is needed when you're working with families. It's not a robotic task. Mm. Right? So if you're if you're now given, you know, a load as a school, they're not understanding for each child you're supporting a whole another family. You can't mm. just treat that as like, um, a tick box exercise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You probably yeah. the whole team of people who are gonna hold up such a situation let alone Uh, one person looking after 10 schools yeah right so
0: but even with you saying that i think there's one thing that like always stuck with me that i've learned from other jobs it's the whole think family approach and this is not just a health a health construct it's from all the different professionals involved like whatever it especially when it involves children you can't just look at the allocated child you have to look at what what else is impacting that family mm-hmm. and i feel like sometimes professionals get very close-minded to like their job and only their job obviously i'm not out here trying to do trying to trying to do anyone else's job but it's like being aware that you know we're not just dealing with one thing here mm-hmm. so much more and also what we may unpick may suddenly open a giant kind of worms that we need to support
1: the family with. Yeah, and and again, this is what I'm like, okay. So what am I really getting at here? Um, we're all working in jobs where we're supporting kids and their families. And I think the nature of that role has been kind of been over, like it's been turned into a bit, it's been turned into business a bit too much it can't be completely business when dealing with families, right? Mm-hmm. So essentially now it's got to a point now where caseloads are becoming ridiculous because you're not catering for families or catering for business. You mm-hmm. can't churn out families. You can't be like, yeah, you come in, here's a quick Bob answer, you're out now. Mm-hmm. Like That's not how it works. So it's like, it just sounds like you look need a bigger team. It's like, it's a thankless task, but a bigger team would be um, much appreciated.
0: It would, but then it also comes down to money and can your team afford to have xyz and have- but, uh, you know <laughs> my argument is though is the government or society needs to account for the fact that we ha- we are a large population a growing population not at an c- incredibly fast rate like years before but mm-hmm. we are having kids being born all the time we are having society growing and, and diversifying if that's even a word and if you're trying to give people the best service and give it free you need to populate the teams to do it. You know, yeah. you have families where you're supposed to give a universal service and they don't even get that because there's no one on the ground to do it. You know, like a health visitor has like 300 cases. You can't know 300 children.
1: <laughs> and, see, do you know, what? I kind of feel bad in this conversation because also at the same time, like, from my opinion, I feel like education is making these caseloads worse
0: um why do you say that
1: it's just too businessy it's like it's like now I'm an adult it becomes evidently clear to me I had an understanding of it before but now it's quite obvious to me that schools are nine to five for children Mm -hmm. adults are struggling with nine to fives so how are kids not supposed to struggle with nine to fives so it's like Of course, they're under a lot of stress. It's like they got a job every day and then they go back to home to family problems. Mm -hmm. They're moving like an adult. True. Like, so... um, And then to add on top of that, I think also, like, learning has lost its um, creativity. Again, it's become too Mm business-like, like everyone trying to compete, but I think it's been quite evidently clear to me that everybody wants to compete and there's several different spaces for people to compete so it doesn't make sense to make everyone fight for the same thing
0: I hear that but I also think the government has a big part to play in this because as we know like a load of services have been stripped down to literally the bare minimal Mm -hmm. so you're having to like you're saying it's become a business you're having to get all of these like private sectors or private people to come and pump money into it and then that changes the narrative for everyone I
1: don't think so I think I think look people call me idealistic I have to just take it on the chin but at the end of the day it's like we as humans are the ones that are demanding these products most people are quite understanding that um at the end of the day, getting a piece of paper and doing all of this stuff is not going to make that much of a difference unless you're going to use it or you're going in a particular direction. So it's like kids are leaving school with no skills.
2: they
1: mm. have got theoretical knowledge, but they actually have no skills whatsoever. That's quite dangerous. You know, of course, you're going to have mental health issues later on because you haven't lived. Mm. You know, so it's... um.
0: Wait, do kids are in still do work
1: experience? Um I have I haven't seen a year group do work experience in a good three three years.
0: Are you being serious?
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. And, I looked forward to work experience, can't lie. Yeah, I? Yeah. It's like it's like there's no life skills anymore, is there?
1: No, there is everything's been turned into a curriculum, just a way to get another certificate.
0: But then yeah, you can get as many certificates as you want, but what's truly gonna come from it if you actually have no life skills?
1: Look, I look, I genuinely appreciate school. Don't get me wrong, I'm gonna I teach maths. I, I hope I teach maths well to those who are taught about me. I mean, I aspire to and I enjoy it. I definitely value education. I just guess that I think that. Some of the stresses we're having, especially where kids are involved and their anxiety and their stresses, it's just um we don't cater to the kids enough. I think we we cater more to the business side of things, which is like I've and I've always said it ever since I've got into education, I've never really understood education is the only business I know that doesn't pay attention to the customer. Mm.
0: I'd also say health, to some extent. And it's a
1: public sector thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think, to some degree, private sector is a good place. It's a very good place. But people just need to have the confidence to do it themselves.
0: True. But private sector is money,
1: no? That makes sense to me. Because money means you're going to get the right service.
0: Yeah. Or you'll get the service you want because you're
1: paying for it. You know what I'm saying? It's like this, yeah. you know, I think, yeah, and, oh, God, wow. It's This is bringing up a lot in my mind. But this is also kind of the unfortunate part about the NHS, right? It's like people are born knowing that the NHS is free. Yes. So they don't strive for anything more than that. They expect the NHS to do everything, which means it's under more stress. Mm-hmm. When people could aspire to actually look after themselves and look after their health so that they don't stress out the nhs and the nhs is genuinely there for issues plus if you live your life that way you'd probably earn more money and you'd actually value paying for your health we've got to a point now where um people don't people don't value service anymore Mm. you know so i don't think that's helping either and yeah, I think in some cases, the NHS should be a little bit more strict on people. Like, I agree. Not necessarily um, just stopping people doing whatever they want, but at least let there be some sort of consequence, because I can't, like, we've all taken the Mercado NHS, and we all did, because, you know, we can. But if we appreciated it or there was a consequence, we wouldn't.
0: No, I agree. I mean, like, for example when I worked in intensive care and you can't even compare the bill in America to the bill here, because obviously yeah. there is no bill, like you don't feel the bill. But if people were given a breakdown of how much it costs to care for their child, mm-hmm. maybe they would respect the nurse more or they would respect the doctor more. And it's very difficult. You're, you're stuck in a rock and a hard place because it's an emotional time. It's very really testing. They're going for a lot. But at the same time, I'm still a person. Don't disrespect you and looking after your baby. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Very true. But it's that fine line because people, some people say, oh, no, it's difficult. But I agree. People need to see how much things cost. People need to know calling an ambulance for nothing should cost. You know, yes. missing a doctor's appointment for no reason should cost because we all struggle to get a doctor's appointment. Therefore, if you just miss it because you just forgot, you should be charged for it. Yeah, no, that's stuff like that, I definitely like, agree. Yeah, like it needs to be consequences to your act for your actions. We're adults.
1: Yeah. Okay. Can I like can I segue into a random question that came to mind? hmm Um what do you think teachers could do to make nursing a smoother experience for future nurses? Or at least Pitch it better, what the job role the education of it, like your training all the way up to it
0: I think if I'm honest, I think it also comes from home and how people view it because it's not just like education I think it's more so the mindset of people people have always treated nurses like with essentially crap, mm-hmm. like we just were just here to wipe bums. Whereas that's not the case. Nurses do a lot more, sometimes even more, than the doctors. Mm. And they ha- and they have a lot more knowledge because they specialise in their fields. But um, I just think it's honestly, like, people's mindsets. So, like, my experience is in A&E. If you suddenly got a long wait, like a five, six-hour wait, people are now cussing you, left, right and centre, are telling you that they pay your wages and doing all sorts. It kind of just brings me back to, say... It literally comes down to home training, like just respecting people because I wouldn't go to anyone else's place of work and shout at them and do all sorts.
1: But do, do you think at least somewhere in the NHS, they, they cater, like almost like train you on how to deal with that?
0: Um, I How's don't that know if they, they train you. I think it literally is your department because I can honestly say the skills I have learned from A E in ter- in terms of like holding my own, I didn't have those before.
1: So do you think do you think those skills are better learned in the field, or do you think those skills could also be taught like almost having a real a proper mentor rather than one you've just had to make?
0: I think it would benefit like if we're talking from education, I think it would benefit children, young people, adults, whoever who are going into education because it also gives you the confidence. To be willing to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. and be an advocate. Like, that's one of the one things that we we're definitely taught in nursing school. You're an advocate for your patients. So,
1: is that on the side of having a mentor or just being thrown in the field?
0: I think it could work from both ways. For me, it was being thrown in the field.
1: Yeah, so, but I'm asking but you, what's your preference?
0: For me? I think if it, but it was also taught to us, but it also mainly comes down more so from experience. So, like, as when I was a student nurse, I did do placements in A&Es and, and high-paced high environments. Mm-hmm. However, when I was a student, I wouldn't get the backlash because I'm a student. Mm-hmm. Do you get one coming from, Dan? I do. I do get what you're coming from. But I also think there needs to be education about dealing with these kind of people, not that sounds bad, these kind of people, but our service users, and yeah. how to approach certain situations, what to say, how to defend yourself while still maintaining professionalism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we shouldn't have to deal with it either. There should be like a no, <clears throat> a no tolerance policy as well. Yeah. yeah, because you don't nurse to be abused. You don't nurse to be taught to defend yourself. You're there to care and look after people. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it goes both ways as well. But. I do believe there needs to be an education and also more so is because we're getting into an era where people are very vocal you know the stiff upper lip of the Brits don't say nothing just go with it is gone like people say what they feel there and then how you receive it is your problem that's actually how it is Mm -hmm. and if you find the modern nurses of today we're being challenged a lot more
2: yeah
0: um we have people have access to the internet access to books they can read about something before they even ask you the question. Yeah. So you need to be ready to deal with, with different personality types, different behaviours before you're in that space because you might have a bad experience and then not have to deal with it ever. Then you avoid it, you avoid it.
1: No, that makes... You get what I
0: mean? Yeah. Know, I,
1: I, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so something, something we don't have an education and supervision. Cause you not tell me it, like. I say
0: to.
1: Do you find it helpful?
0: I do. I think if you have a really good supervisor for proper supervision, not even just safeguarding supervision, but proper like one to one supervision,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that can make a big change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the way that you work.
1: Does everyone get this?
0: Well, <laughs> I think from what I know, I've only done it in the workplace via safeguarding supervision because of the job roles I've done. Mm-hmm. And for example, me and Diana pediatric nurses, as far as I believe all pediatric, all pediatric nurses have to have at least yearly supervision.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. At least once a year. Once a year. Yeah. However, I know there's other trusts that say like once every three months, but it also depends on how you can actually facilitate that. But, um, but yeah
1: could you, could you, could both of you describe what supervision has done for you or a particularly good experience that you've had from it or? um
0: i think for me with supervision it's looking at some of the cases that you may come into contact with or, or some of the patients client users service users that you may come into contact with and what's the best way that you were able to deliver the care and if not what help What have you learned for it to better your own care for another patient? If that makes sense. Mm. But then I feel like that could be applied to everyone. So I know you like in in schools, you don't necessarily get supervision, but you guys deal with so many different children and young people that I I can't lie. I think you guys should get it because, because like some of the conversations that children may want to come and have with you, can sometimes be definitely pressing on like your soul that you want to do so much more or want to see what you could do for that child or young person that it should be explored. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like I said earlier, sometimes we get a bit tunnel visioned Mm. doing what we know only. Whereas supervision allows you that space to free your mind and also your supervisor, if they're a good one, can also give you an insight and also give you some ideas that you may not have thought of. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, it makes it makes absolute sense. I thought you answered it in a way that I was hoping you would.
2: Okay,
1: fair yeah. enough.
0: Well, Diane, do you have anything to say? Um, I agree in, a, in what you were saying about teachers having supervision. Teachers are people that have access to children probably the most. You spend most of your time at school and at work, I believe. and And I feel like kids offload a lot, especially when they trust a teacher with a lot of things or they have a good relationship with them mm-hmm. yeah who, who does that teacher then get to go to and talk about it where do they get advice from how do they know they're saying the right thing how do they support the young person but remain professional you know
1: absolutely I think I think you guys hit the nail on the head almost as if you work in a school um...
0: <laughs> no because it's not easy you know if someone trusts you and like I said, kids see, you you can see a child every single day and they have a lot going on at home and they gain and build that trust of you and tell you a lot of things but if you've not been equipped with how to deal with that stuff, that can also impact you and affect you.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know,
0: you can internalise this child's pain or what they're going through and you're thinking how can I help this kid? What can I do? Who do I speak to? How, what more can I do for them apart from teach them and listen to them? And if you're not being well equipped you must feel like you're doing a disservice to that young person. Mm. But mm. your hands are tied. So if you're not, if they're not putting money into you in that way, all you can do is listen and advise and escalate, and that's it. So, yeah. just to clarify, you guys don't get supervision at all.
1: No. So, well, supervision technically doesn't exist. Some schools have counselors. Um. I've worked in a school where I did use the counsellor.
0: When something like this happened?
1: Yeah, yeah, on quite a regular basis. I mean, like, I personally have a therapist, so I definitely seek value in it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, I found out recently that my current school has one. Uh, but I think it's a very difficult... It's a very difficult topic to kind of discuss in education because I'd actually say it's a place that lacks a lot of trust.
0: What s- schools and educational in de- yes. services? In
1: education in general, yes. From from how the kids generally need to respond to staff to how, um, quite a lot of things get done in the school. Like you said, there's a lot of government decisions that happen that are beyond a lot of people's control. So I feel like. Sometimes people feel quite um, they just kind of feel like the, you know, the the rug can get swept from underneath their feet at any time. Do you know where I'm coming from? And um also the nature of safeguarding in education has changed, especially like well, obviously over the years that have gone by, technology's gone better, they've realized certain teachers are dodgy. So like um, safeguarding in a whole has been removed away from staff. That's more something like is above you that you go to report, which mm-hmm. I absolutely understand. But then it gets in the way of genuine support for children, which requires mentorship, a little bit of a relationship. Yeah. If a lot of yeah. if a lot of safeguarding is kind of questioning that, then there's no space for that. Yeah. Because
0: you know? I can't like if you like even if you're telling me that you'd have to go and report it and escalate someone else, but the child has a good relationship with you mm-hmm. and, you know, you can talk to the child and say to them, like, you know, what you have said, I will have to share it, mm-hmm. but still maintain a good relationship with the child. Then I think the service should use you as you have a good relationship with the child to keep that going. It's- like I know it would go to like the senior leadership team or whatever, but you have to look at what also works best for that child.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think in the nature of education, it's become difficult, whereby it's become quite businessy and schools are trying their hardest to stay away from problems as possible. So everything's becoming very hierarchical. So you essentially just end up having people that deal with that only and then for the safety of children and For government laws and legislation and schools not wanting to be in any sticky situations they all keep it with one person and try to give a similar standard across the board because something like that could easily be misconstrued by anyone
0: true but then it also makes me think if you guys don't get supervision does that person get supervision because it's a lot to bear
1: Mm. they don't get supervision no i don't i think i think that's probably one thing that's massively missing. Like from what I heard from both of you, which makes a lot of sense, it's like supervision is good form of reflective practice. And the fact that it's put there as like um, a business protocol does make a difference. Like supervision in education exists, but it depends on who you build relationships with. And for most people, I understand in education, like not only is that difficult,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you're most likely not going to be in an environment where you think you can just open up to anyone in education. It's not necessarily... um... So I had a manager once say to me, unfortunately, you've got to understand that education is an individual's game. What do you mean by that? Oh, wow. Come in and you do you do your thing. You just do as you're told and you keep it moving. I don't like that. No, no, I don't. Agree. No,
2: neither
1: do I. I don't agree with it either. But I'm just, I'm trying to kind of uh, paint a picture of the type of characters or the type of energies involved. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: It just seems like a toxic place to be honest. Um, well, I, maybe not toxic. That's a bit extreme. But
1: I wouldn't go. I just, I just think, I think. It's just lost sight of simple things mm. um, and um, stuff like academia has gone um, a little bit too far. I just I just don't think that everybody's personality can be described by curriculums. No. And that's what school seems to be about at the moment.
0: Oh boy. But saying that, I think that leads me to like also onto our next topic about like trainings and stuff like that. Mm. Because like me and Diane we talk about this all the time we can go and do as many different trainings as possible it's not going to just most of the time it's not going to change how much you get in your pocket at the end of the month but I want to know like if you were a teacher and you wanted to go into like further training to better yourself is that something that works well for you guys because I don't honestly see it working in the same way for us as nurses depending on what you go and do so, like Diane going to do her health visiting course, mm-hmm. it will make a difference. But then also the time and energy spent, is it worth it?
1: It's a great question. So, we're going to say something then.
0: No, no, take the floor. <laughs> okay.
1: First thing I'm gonna say is all education is better than no education. Fair. Um, I hate to say it, but I'm gonna say it depends, and it depends for two reasons. I think generally a lot of promotion in education isn't by merit; it's by who you know. Mm. Right. Okay. So, um. Training is obviously good because, yes, you can get training for a particular um, role and, you know, eventually be able to do it. But I tend to find that if you end up getting on training, it's usually because someone has kind of said, I want you to be in that role. Fair. Um, Then you've got the harder way, which obviously fighting for your training and sometimes it can be quite difficult. So um, in order for schools to save money, a lot of training is in-house. So like for instance, my academy chain, they offer their own training program. And so technically that's where my training comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing because it's in-house. It's not, it's not fully accredited by someone else and I just don't think it's particularly objective if it's being made by the same company that...
0: that some of, any.
1: Right, you know. Yeah. Even though it, in a lot of cases it is transferable and people will look at the experience well. Um, it's quite... In that case, it can be quite... Um, like... You're just being indoctrinated into a system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You might not be learning a lot. Um, or... You can go down the harder way. You can fight for your own training. So like recently I work, one of my colleagues has kind of seen that there's been more loopholes. So for instance, during COVID, um, a lot of companies have offered their training online for free Mm -hmm. or through like joint partnerships with examination boards and teachers can sign up for that. And then you can use that to your advantage. So if you have the relationships at work, you can state to people, hey, look, I've been doing this course. That might help you go forward. Mm-hmm. Or like I think the average teacher is if you if you want more money or a little promotion, just, just move school I do not I d I don't I don't know why it seems to be the case, but schools are more than happy to take on a new person, even if they're blagging it, rather than help retain the ones that they have.
0: I feel like that was also within healthcare as well, though. Yes. Because literally, yeah, because you can blag whatever at an interview and say X, Y, Z, but they won't know until you actually come to start the job whether you can actually carry it out. But then it's because you can sell yourself, in it?
1: Right. Again, mm-hmm. it's, essentially, it's the same thing. It's like um, people are not being hired or promoted on merit.
0: True. It's more so right. what you can bring to the table.
1: Right. Yeah. It's not even what you can bring to the table, it's more like what can you do for me?
0: Well, yeah. No, it's true. I mean, echoing what you said, like when you spoke, I was even smiling. I was like, this is nursing in a nutshell at times.
2: Mm. You can
0: be the best person in the world and not get the promotion. But your mate that does bugger all, but is besties with the matron is going up and up and up.
1: Um, I think it's, I think, um, oh, gosh. I think a big part of it, and I hate to say it, is is it is, 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 is culture. I think sometimes we forget that most establishments have a culture. You know, and it's like, I guess for me, what I'm seeing now is that a lot of schools run with a similar culture, even though not all schools are like that. But um, I think that's also a hard part of just learning how to manage your career as well. I don't think people teach you that. Um, So again, to answer your question, is the training in education, you know, what is it like? It's okay. When I had my teacher training, I thought it was quite, um, um, I thought it was quite limited. Maybe that was just based off like the life that I've lived, which, you know, again, I felt like there could have been a hell of a lot more. Even when I teach now, I think a lot of my skills that keep me around and help me do what I do are more so the skills I learned outside of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, education, it's just a really funny place. It's like there's a lot to offer. I think you're definitely right about the training. Right, this is the point. Sorry, I waffled a bit um
0: don't worry we do it all the time
1: <laughs> what i always found tr- funny about teaching is as a teacher once you tr- once you train you're qualified forever you never have to retrain
0: oh so it's very different to us like that. i have to revalidate every three years and have to prove that you know you, as you're teacher, fit to nurse as a
1: teacher you don't have to prove nothing like I- I find the average teacher who, who realises that they're done out here with teaching, they just leave and they supply teach every once in a while so they know they can easily get back into a job.
0: See, if we sat out nursing for like what, three years, our, our pin would like relapse.
2: You'd
0: have to do return to work, to return to practice, like another course again, for your pin to be reactivated so you can work again. If you don't pay your money on time,
2: you get taken off the your register. Pin,
0: you get taken off the register for like thirty days. Yeah, and you can't work until your pin is obviously reinstated. It's mad.
1: I mean, f- f- look, as 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 much as that's a lot of hard work, I I appreciate that. Like I think the standard, then there's a, a there's a higher, more professional standard about it. I wouldn't I wouldn't feel like, I don't feel like that's the case in education at all. Like, for instance, now, what I think some teachers don't realise is that you could go from one school to another and be a completely crap teacher, just like that. Just because you don't fit the culture. Like, there really isn't a particular standard across the board.
0: Do you think there should be? Or, like, do you think teachers and those who work in education should also have to revalidate, like nurses do? And doctors do, I believe.
1: Um, yes, I, I, okay. Un, no, under the current, current requirements for is necessary for a teacher? Mm. Hell no. What's there to relearn? A lot of things haven't changed. It's still just like the same basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Someone, you know, like maybe the discomfort I'm kind of really talking about is like, Every school has an opinion on what perfect teaching looks like. Mm-hmm. So you could teach well, but that school would look at you and be like, "You don't teaching well because you don't talk like us." Fair, right? So once you learn that, you're calm. Now, I think if the education system is far more progressive, mm-hmm. then I would say yes, revalidation is important because it's not. I think the nature of nursing mm-hmm. is progressive.
0: Yeah, it's forever right? changing.
1: It's whereas in education it isn't a lot of their studies um on education haven't changed for years like the fact that we're still looking at studies on like boys versus girls and girls naturally do better in school than boys right but then there's still no incentive towards if that's the case what could we do to improve the experience for boys there's none of that there so it's not changing it's the same that's why I don't think the revalidation's necessary. For teachers. Yeah, because it's literally like the opinions have been set and it's not gonna change.
0: Hmm. It's funny, like I think bringing in revalidation is more ways to insult nurses, personally. You
1: think like, it's we're fine?
0: yeah, like I think it's insulting to make us revalidate every three years.
1: Yeah, please explain. Go on.
0: Like to me, it's first of all A more time consuming
1: right 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 Mm -hmm. number
0: two you already have outside of revalidation you have like your appraisal um you're always being assessed anyway like if you're working clinically on shop floor you work alongside your colleagues all the time so it's an ongoing assessment personally
1: right yeah so you don't feel like it's adding anything more on top of what you're doing anyways it's adding a lot
0: of work and you know why because if i revalidate and they actually ask to see my work, then it would be useful. But what some people may or may not know is you validate and you submit it, but they don't ask to see any of your documents unless they choose your your PIN out yeah. of like a hundred thousand of you. So really and truly, it's like a pointless exercise. That makes sense. It's just another way to get you to do more for the NMC.
1: So it's just about education because teacher training is like that as well
0: (laughs) well you don't submit your work
1: no like so so like okay one thing I experienced on teacher training is I saw people who later didn't do everything that was necessary for the teacher training but because they had favour it was fine and if you were disliked they'll check through your folders thoroughly and then they'll let you you know they'll kind of you based off that oh
2: wow yeah, yeah,
1: yeah and that's what i'm saying it's not a game of so like even in, in that like if your pin gets chosen right here's my point we've both we've both been able to conclude that it just feels like a lot of the work is a tick box exercise
2: mm-hmm. mm.
1: but then i think also um just on top of it in education i don't think this is as bad in the nhs but i think in In education, it's like, it's just schools have these these crazy ideals and they want people to behave a particular way and it's very difficult for them to understand that not everyone is the same. So everything, there's nothing that really is based on merit. It's more so, like, it might be, you might call it merit, but really all it is is impressing the person just above you. You know, and I, I've known a lot of people, like, I asked for advice quite early on in my career, like, what should I do? You know, and they said to me, make sure that you just sort out your teaching, your teaching's, you know, your bread and butter. And I've seen a lot of people get promoted and they can't hack it because they weren't promoted out of merit. They were promoted out of favour and bias. So... um yeah, education is a bit of an interesting place.
0: It is, but it's so. I find like it's so. Cl- it's so mad how also close it is to healthcare. It's mad. Yeah, I think that's definitely one thing I'm going to take from today's episode. Realizing how we're very much similar. Just just because we all do different things, but they're still so similar in how we feel and everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, to be to honest, I think it's like that for a lot of jobs as well at the moment. I think COVID definitely hasn't helped. Like I said, public sector jobs, I think you could, work, you could talk to people that work for the government, they'll definitely feel like us. Yeah. But people that work in the private sector, there's a bit more of a separation because everyone is genuinely fighting out for themselves in the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, education is a funny one interesting but i definitely love my job um definitely
0: and and see this is the thing you say that and that's i feel like that's how we are is you love what we do Mm -hmm. but our treatment and some of the things that we have to endure are just not the one but you love it for what you get out of it and like you know the satisfaction that you get is priceless you can't buy that feeling
1: yeah yeah Agreed, agreed. I mean, I mean, for me going forward, how I see it is education will change forever. I think. I think in the next decades, there's gonna be a big because of technology especially, there's gonna be a big change. Um, and I think you're gonna get more freelance teachers as well. I'm gonna I think there's gonna be a big case of more people getting educated outside of the school building.
0: Uh, Well, watch this space, I guess Let's see
1: Yeah, yeah I I definitely see it, I definitely see it There's too many smart people in the world now And school's such a small place True You know the only, I think the only benefit for school now Is people, just being around people
2: mm-hmm.
1: But yeah I think
0: that kind of sums up this week's episode
1: what, training don't exist? (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) (laughs) to an extent, like, we we have to do it to essentially get to certain places, but you need to figure out what it is that you want to do for you and how you can get to where it is you want to be. Do you know
1: what I got from this conversation? Tell me. We need more community. Mm.
0: That's
1: what I got from this conversation. Like, um, Like stuff like this podcast or just even talking about your roles and you're working in a community knowing that you're part of a team that needs to be a big community but then in some ways that community is being like cut up into little pieces Mm. you know it's like um families are a thing communities are a thing you know I think communities are extended families and Maybe the art of
0: that has been kind of lost in our jobs. Fair, I could not agree more. Definitely. So, guys, feel free to hit us up. If you, to hit us up as we as well as I say every week. Or, uh, um, why am I best starting? I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> feel free to hit us up on the Nursing Handover Podcast page, or hit us up directly. For me, it's at Jelly Bean with three L's and two A's and for Dan it's at DD Look. Sadly Emeka has no social media um, so he's quite hidden from the world but if you do want to pick his brain or anything feel free to hit us up and we can always pass on the message and don't forget to also hit us up on Twitter and our Twitter name is at the underscore handover mm-hmm. so until next week guys we hope you enjoy this episode been a bit it's been one with a twist but we hope you've enjoyed it and have taken something from it so until next week take care stay safe and enjoy yourselves i guess it's coming, it's coming, <laughs> <it goes away. laughs> but yeah so take care guys we'll see you next week bye, bye. bye.